Welcome to episode 269 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Biggles. Ooh, the suspense was killing me. I didn't know what you were going to say. I couldn't remember if you introduced yourself, even no, though we've you. done it for 269 episodes. 269 episodes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, how's your Halloween spirit? I want to keep tabs on this. This is very important that it's that it's high. It's going all right. I've, is it? Uh, I've been listening to my music in my car, Okay, which was nice. That's fine. And... Uh, uh, I watched Hoobie Halloween. Oh, a little Hubie, Adam Sandler. Hoobie Halloween, okay. which wasn't great, but it's Halloween-ish. Sure. I mean, it is a Halloween movie. And, uh, yeah, reading Christine and... Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, 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 I kind of feel it. You're, you're, okay, I thought you were jumping right into the bookmark, and you were you were freaking no, me out. I'm okay. just saying uh, you got I've, I've got Halloween things happening. Okay. I recently re-listened to the 2019 uh, Radio 64 Halloween special. And I have just downloaded the 2020 Radio 64 Halloween special, which uh, if, if you're... W- when does that air on, w- on WRAQ? Was that Mondays at 6? Is that what it is? Mondays okay. at 6. Yeah, so you yeah. can tune in there. So I've got my Halloween music going, and uh, and I'm in the zone. i got to tell you. Spooky. Uh, I, I've been Sorry. reading and watching some Halloween-esque stuff, but I think we gotta we got to roll that music so we can get into some bookmark. Okay. Tell me more about Hubie Halloween. It's fine. It's not that funny, but it also has it has funny moments. It's just not laugh. Okay. It's just not a laugh right. I mean, um, I as, but it's definitely okay. like go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, as, as longtime listeners will remember, Adam Sandler's Ridiculous Six broke us. Ugh. We watched Ridiculous Six yeah. right before recording in all the books nights, and it was a, it was a big mistake. Hated that. Yeah, I was trashed. I don't think I've seen any of the other Adam Sandler Netflix movies outside of Murder Mystery, which I did like. Um, but I was mm-hmm. a little confused about Hubie Halloween because it kind of looks like a kids movie, but it's also PG thirteen. So what's the sitch? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like a feel good Halloween film. But I suppose yes, the PG thirteen. It makes sense. Okay. But it is kind of like, yeah, it, it feels more in vain with like what I remember uh, Ernest Scared Stupid uh, than like <laughs> but that's the scary. other stuff. So, Ernest no, Scared Stupid scared yeah, think, the life out of me as a kid. Yeah, I remember that being very creepy. Yeah, it was. Um, no, I think I think you'll have a good time. Okay. I don't think you'll walk away being like, that was hilarious. But there's, there's jokes and uh, other stuff to be found. Is so. it better than Jack uh, and Jill? I've never seen Jack and Jill, so I assume yes. <laughs> Let me tell you what I've been watching Halloween-wise, and it might surprise you, Eric. I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House, uh, based on the novel by Shirley Jackson, over on Netflix. And I've got to say, I've been pretty impressed so far. It is genuinely scary, but it's like the right kind of scary for me, because it's not one that I'm leaving, like we finish watching it, and then like I go to bed, and I'm creeped out when I have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It's not that kind of scary. It's more like mm-hmm. psychological scary, um, and even like the genuine ghosty stuff that's happening is more intriguing than uh, the kind of scary that really lingers with you. You're never going to watch this, correct? No. Okay. But I will listen to Linger by the by the Cranberries. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a decent compromise. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've watched <laughs> five... <laughs> I've watched five of ten episodes of Haunting of Hill House, and if it keeps up wow. the way it is, it's going to get a couple of Halloween thumbs up from this guy. Are, are you? Did you say if you're watching this by yourself or with your wife? My wife and I are watching it. Yeah. Okay. We're both. So, in. We're both. I, in. That, I, yeah. 
As are for, you holding popcorn while watching it and then throwing the popcorn throwing whenever, yeah, something, scary whenever something happens? No, <laughs> but we, you know, we have have a have a couple of times where like something really tense is happening, and then like something will frighten the dogs or something, and like our dogs will bark and we'll be like, ah, like that is definitely so on multiple occasions. I have these Kong chew toy yeah. pineapples that you can put treats into okay. for the dogs. And I have to put them away when I was playing. Uh, I was playing the original Doom, the original 1993 Doom okay. game, yeah. because like I was into it. It was intense. The lights are off, and anytime one of them tries to get one from the other, they bark. And then uh, on on camera, I'm just like, ah! yeah. So that sounds like quality. Uh, also, television, whenever I'm though. doing, yeah, Kendra just she walks around like a ghoul here, and like I'm just I'm just focused on something on the game, and she's like, hey, where'd the milk go? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I don't know why she's asking where the milk went. Obviously, it's in the fridge. Yeah, where else would you put milk? It doesn't have a shelf life outside. <laughs> uh, I finished some things. I read a weird Star Trek book called Windows on the Lost World by V.E. Mitchell. So this is one that I did for a book club with some friends of mine. And we were all very much on the same page about this because the, the plot of it sounds like this cool like archaeological dig and they find this doorway that leads some of them get trapped in like a parallel universe. That's what it makes it sound like. What actually happens is Kirk and Chekhov fall through a window and then become aliens that are described as just large crabs and spend the whole novel as large crab monsters. And it was so bizarre and not in a fun way. So I, I must report that I do not recommend Windows on a Lost World by V.E. Mitchell. The craziest book that I've read in recent memory was our Hispanic Heritage Month book club uh, that we that we did last week, and that is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Marino Garcia. Have you heard about this book? Do you know this book at all? It yeah, is... we talked about this when we were we did our uh, Heritage Month. Okay, all right. Sure did I right. did I tell you the the finish of this, or was I just like currently reading it? No, it was a. It was one of the books that was. Uh, if you're looking for books, oh yeah, yeah, it was on uh, that list. Yes, it was that, on yeah. that list. I read it, and it starts in a very like spooky, atmospheric. A woman goes to yeah. check on her cousin, her cousin who is recently married and not doing well. Set in the 1950s, only very loosely. I was actually when they were like, "It's 1954 or whatever." I was like, "It is the heck what?" Because it doesn't. Nothing about the 1950s comes into play here at all. So that was kind of a weird thing. It's doing like a spooky atmospheric thing where you, you're not really sure which direction it's going to go. And I, I'm going to hold back from giving you all of it, but I have to spoil a little bit of this book. All right. So fair mm -hmm. warning. Fair warning. Spoilers! Spoilers! It goes in a very, very unusual supernatural way. And it feels like the kind of thing where... It's a misdirect and like somebody's going to wake up from a dream or there's going to be an explanation. But in fact, no, it is just this very unusual supernatural story. And by the end of it, you're just left feeling like, what was that all about? So very strange. I have to say that I don't recommend it, though I was I did find reading it to be very compelling, but I was not really satisfied with how it went because it is. I'm going to tell you off, Mike, because it is not. It's dark and weird. And it's very strange, so I'm, I'm going to have to fill you in. All right. I'm currently reading Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Have you have you read this? Mm-hmm. I'm not digging it. Were you a fan? Uh, yeah, I liked it. But it definitely picked up on the second half when the monster shows up. It's like, let me tell you about my life Well, now. yeah. The first half where it's just Dr. Frankenstein's like, and then I ran away again. And yeah. then I ran away again. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. But once the monster shows up, it's like, my life started as such. Yeah, well, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's get I'm, into this. 
the thing is it's like the if you write out the plot if you write an outline of the plot like a beat by beat it sounds like an amazing story but i'm just finding mm-hmm. it so dry i'm just not mm-hmm. yes it is i found the first half very dry but i felt like it was much more interesting the second half so. okay all right she well. wrote like a she wrote a end of days kind of story called uh the last man that i've been meaning to read okay there was a Halloween where I decided to start reading books on Halloween that I read Dracula and Frankenstein. And then the next Halloween is like, well, now what? Yeah, you're done. You figured it all out. I am currently reading Christine by one Stephen King. This is, I want to say, five years of us reading a Stephen King together. It might be longer because I... it pre- It's longer. You've got to count The Shining. That's 2014. Was that 2014? No, that's 2013. That's 2013. Wow. But we didn't read it... For uh, I guess we did read it October 2013, which means Doctor Sleep was 2014, and then 2015 was what Salem, Salem's Lot, because we were po- Maybe, we, the yeah. podcast was going by then. All right, so seven yeah. years, seven years of reading Stephen King books. I'm not going to tell you any of my thoughts on it right now because we've got next time we're going to do a. You're whole further thing. than I am. I am. I'm halfway through. Yeah. So yeah. next week yeah, you're further along. We're going to be joined by the Queen of Halloween. We're going to talk all about uh, Stephen King's Christine. Uh, so right now, I'm just going to keep my uh, keep my lips zipped about that. Uh, I also watched Brave New World on the Peacock streaming app, and I really liked it. Peacock? Yeah, yeah. That's how you have Sorry. to say it. I forgot legally you're required to say it that way. Have you read the book, yeah. Aldous Huxley's uh, Brave New World? Yes. Did you like it? Yeah, I have. Is the book uh... as super sexual like the show was? Oh, yeah. Orgy <laughs> okay. Porgy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was so well done. And I feel like it's not been getting great reviews, but I just felt like the subtlety of the acting, re- they really managed to convey a lot of deep layered stuff with very little. So I was really, I was impressed by it. So um, it is it is very much earns its TV mature rating because there's a lot of nudity and a lot of sexuality. Well, that's what you have to do when you stream stuff. Yeah, uh, yes, everybody has to be naked all the time. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but I just feel I haven't read the book, so I don't know how how faithful of an adaptation it is. But I just felt like as as storytelling, it really succeeded. A lot of strong performances in there, so I I do recommend that. Uh, what about you? What are you What are you reading lately? Well, I was gonna say I, I was playing uh, Doom, the nineteen ninety three Doom, as like Halloween uh, okay. stuff, and uh, watched Hubie Halloween. Hubie, it's not Hubie, it's Hubie. I don't Hubie. know why I'm having such a problem with that. Yeah. And yes, I definitely, uh, I finished The Fires of Heaven. I was, uh, I had a bunch of chapters ahead of me, but I'm like, I gotta do this so I can get to Christine and the other things I want to do for Halloween. So I uh, I plowed through it. One thing that happens with the ends of uh, Wheel of Time books is that so much action is happening in the page, and I kind of get lost in all the text. Mm, yeah, okay. So then I kind of have to like go back and reread some sections to be like, oh, I think I missed something. Mm. Just because my my eyes can kind of glaze over on the yeah. last like couple of chapters with the action because so much is happening and there's so many new words being thrown at you. This is probably the this is the first book in the series that I didn't love. The the fifth book, a lot of just kind of uh, piddling around, a lot of naive and Eliana. I, I probably said her name wrong. Naive and her group are hanging out with a circuit, a traveling circus. And they, they have some moments that I'm like, oh, but there's just a lot of that and a lot of hanging out in a dreamscape. Rand takes a while to to get moving himself. So stuff does pick up and there's there are some really uh, tense scenes throughout. But this is the first one where I felt like the momentum was a little low. 
the pace was never an issue with okay. for me with the other books. So anyway, finished book five. Are and that's you going to start Christine? Are you going to wait another what? like six to seven years before you pick up book no, six? No, no, okay. I, I don't think so. But it did make me want to go. Uh, I did get the itch to keep reading some other like fantasy books. Okay, you know something's happened. I think where I don't want to read sci-fi books these days. Oh. I want to read fantasy books. Okay, and I think it's because sci-fi used to be my escapism, and now I'm like, yeah, well, we'll never get here. So now I want to read just fake worlds and uh, fake magic and all this stuff because the future of the real world just doesn't seem like we're ever going to get to the sci-fi mm-hmm. of the past right. that we've written and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess I feel like fantasy now is like the tr- one true escapism I can find, uh, <laughs> as opposed to reading uh, sci-fi at the moment. Sad, so I was looking at sense. maybe picking up some more like Brandon Sanderson okay. that I haven't read. There's a bunch of fantasy I haven't read that I just started like adding to stuff. I'm only seventy pages into Christine, okay, but it's fine. Has anyone? People have. Uh, people must have talked by now about how Stephen King writes women, right? That there's that is a problem. Mm. That's kind of gross. Hmm. He's kind of he's kind of a misogynist in his early writings. Is that has that been picked up on? I don't know. I don't know. I guess you've you've given me something to research before our next episode. All right. Maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just overly sensitive because it's the past. Oh, sure. However many years it's been. Yeah. In this life, but uh, I read the rise of the dungeon master Gary Gygax and the creation of D anD. D. It's a young you adult love graphic your novel. Gary Gygax. That, I I don't know if I love Gary Gygax. You love like Gary D&D. Gygax things. I, I like reading about the history of Dungeons and Dragons, and that tends to be, you know, very Gary Gygax focused. It's good. I think, like, I read uh, Empire of Imagination and yeah, yeah. Of Dyson Men, which are both kind of histories of D&D, which I really like. They did different things. This one, again, is supposed to be, like, young adult, and so it's kind of basically explaining D&D and explaining the history. It's uh, a, a quick read. It talks about him and his relationship with his friend and uh, business partner David Arnson, and they're, uh, they're falling out later because Gygax was about the business and Arnson was about the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be, I think if if there was a teenager who's like, oh, I've been playing D&D, I'm really into it, like, you could give this to them and it might be interesting. I don't know if this would necessarily win people over to the hobby, but maybe. And at this point, D&D is just very much part of the zeitgeist as well. When did this come out? 2017. So it's it's been out for a little bit. Is this, uh, is this your favorite D&D thing you've read so far? No, no. I think that would go... That would be a tie between Dyson Men and Empire of Imagination. Okay. Both get much more in-depth. Got it. Um, and then I've read Punisher Max Volume 7, oh. which is like the end of the Punisher Max series. I can't remember when it started, but I believe this ended in 2012. Okay. Garth Ennis was the guy who was writing it a whole lot. And then Jason Aaron came and wrote the last 22 issues with him dealing with uh, this world's version of the Kingpin and everything. Uh, and the Ennis, the these Punisher Max series, they take place in the, a real timeline. So Punisher Frank Castle was in Vietnam. So he's been okay. 30 years that he's been the Punisher since. So uh, this ends with him being at like in his 60s and everything uh, and feeling his oh, age. Like a Terminator really Dark Fate that. kind of Punisher, right? Oh. What'd you say? Don't, 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 don't. I'm asking you Sorry. as a friend. Don't. All right. I do yield. That. I yield. Please. I also read Batman Curse of the White Knight. We talked about 
uh, Batman White Knight on this, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't so long yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it first came um, out, I loved it. Yeah, because we, we, we got it for the library's collection, and mm-hmm. I, like, grabbed it as soon as it was you snatched it. it. You did. Or did you get yeah. it before me? I hope so. I, I liked, got it first? I like to think I got it first. I truly don't remember. I have a weird memory of you getting it first and me being like, what? But maybe maybe I got it r- well, right you, before you. You are did. legendary for your grudge holding. So if you remember it that way, I trust <laughs> I trust your version of Well, you know what? Events. Then that must mean that uh, I got it first that I don't remember. Fair. That's a fair, yep. That's <laughs> there a fair we point. Go. Yep. Not as good as the first one. Yeah. And I, I even had like an issue or two with the first one. So, but the art, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy's art is very good throughout. And there are some really cool moments uh, in this, but it's not as good as the first one. Mm. I also read Doomsday Clock by Jeff Johns. Go over to your comic book coffee break. That's what we should say. For <laughs> my in-depth reviews of these past couple yeah. of comics I mentioned, go over to comic book coffee break to listen to us talk about this because all I can say is that DC has lost a lot of respect on my end for doing, yeah. even back when they did the before Watchmen, but especially this Doomsday Clock, and Jeff Johns for taking this job. I mean, I know he's probably just doing it for the paycheck. Maybe he didn't have a lot of choice. Oh boy, Maybe, like, go. you gotta write this. But, yeah, just uh, an insult, I feel like, to Watchmen in general. Well, I appreciate your restraint, considering uh, how you how much you let loose on Comic Book Coffee Break. So I know I know that was painful for you to hold that. That's in. why we did the spinoff. That's right. That is right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's get into some book news. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. All the book show is where I do the Terminator Dark Fate rants. Yeah. Comic Book Coffee Break is where I do the Watchmen right. sequel. Yeah, you, you've got you got two different venues. All right, well, we want to share a couple of awards with you uh, that, that were announced in, yeah. in recent weeks. And you know what that means, Eric? That means another Ben theme. Nick and Eric sent the First up, the Nobel Prize in Literature. The Nobel Prize in Literature has been announced, and it went to poet Louise Gluck. Uh, she's published dozens of volumes of poetry and has received virtually every prestigious literary prize, including the National Book Award, the Pulitzer Prize, the National Book Critics Circle Award, and the National Humanities Medal, many others, and now she can add a Nobel Prize in Literature to her list. We, of course, have many, many of Louise Gluck's collections right here at the David A. Howe Public Library, so... Uh, stop in, check them out at Curbside. You can place a request for those. We'll happily get them for you. Eric, you want to talk to me a little bit about the Harvey Awards? The Harvey Awards. Uh, all right. So the Harvey Awards now, are we've never 30 really, years old. Yeah, 1988. We've never talked about these awards before. Um, but Harvey mm-hmm. Awards voting is open to those working in the comic industry. So all professional creators like writers, artists, uh, colorers, letterers, designers, and editors are eligible to eligible to vote. Podcasters? are eligible to vote. It doesn't say podcasters, but uh, sales and marketing as well as librarians and other comic book retailers are eligible to vote. So maybe next year we should apply to vote in these Harvey Awards, have our say. Mm. Although I can't disagree with some of these, so maybe maybe it's a moot point. Uh, let's talk winners, Eric. Who do we got for the Harvey Awards? Best adaptation from a comic book or graphic novel goes to Watchmen by HBO based on Watchmen now, the comic. That's a, that's Comics. a Watchmen sequel I can get behind. I thought this was really well done. Mm-hmm. And we also have this in the collection, so you can come and check it out. Old school on DVD. 
Yeah, look at that. Best International Book, Grass, by Kaeyong Suk Gendry Kim, translated by Janet Hong. I feel like I've heard of this, actually. And maybe I even have seen it in the wild. Oh. So just I like should, in a forest uh, somewhere? Yeah, just grass. Mm-hmm. Just grass inside a forest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. I was outside in the woods, and I saw the hardcover of Grass by Kaeyong Suk <laughs> Gendry Kim on a, uh, on a stump that well, had been carved into a pedestal. That's not and there was It was surrounded be. by trees and shade, except for the actual pedestal, which had the one solo beam of light coming down from the sun. And it, it was a very quiet alcove. Uh, that all the birds had been filled with the, uh, all the birds had been making sounds throughout the forest. At one point, I saw a deer, but once I got to this alcove, okay. it was just quiet, not even a breeze. Mm-hmm. You really gave that a lot of thought, and I'm I yeah. appreciate. Well, I'm a I dungeon master. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I've heard. Sure. <laughs> Uh, best manga goes to Witch Hat Altilar by Kamom Shiriyama. I'm not too proud to admit that I've never in my life heard of this. Well, neither have I. All right. If that helps you. Well, let me tell you what it's about. In a world where everyone takes wonders like magic spells and dragons for granted, Coco is a girl with a simple dream. She wants to be a witch. But everybody knows magicians are born, not made, and Coco was not born with a gift for magic. Resigned to her unmagical life, Coco is about to give up on her dream to become a witch until the day she meets Kifri, a mysterious traveling magician. After secretly mm-hmm. seeing Kifri perform magic in a way she's never seen before, Coco soon learns what everybody knows might not be the truth and discovers that her magical dream may not be as far away as it may seem. Yeah, looks like there's a couple. Looks like there's five volumes out right now. Yeah. Sounds like a new addition to the David A. Howe Public Library Monk collection is in order, wouldn't you say? The art has a very uh, old school look to it. I was going to say the same thing. It looks not unlike John Neal's illustrations in the early uh, Wizard of Oz books. Oz. Best children or young adult book goes to Superman Smashes the Clan. I love it. And None Too Soon I guess. by Gene Lang Yang <laughs> and Guri Huri. We could use a little bit of that today. Yeah, no, I thought this was excellent. I loved it. This this is based on an early, like, 1940s era Superman radio show. Um, and it is it has that kind of setting. Like, that's it's, it's a historic fiction kind of thing. Um, but this is great. And, and it is available in our collection in print. It's also available on Overdrive. So if you haven't read this, uh, the art is beautiful and the story is excellent. So I five stars. I loved this one. Digital Book of the Year goes to The Nib. Edited by Matt Bowers. Okay. And Book of the Year goes to Dragon Hoops by Gene Leon Young. This was recommended to me by Tina Dalton, uh, who has been on the Elder Book Show before during our quarantine director interviews. Tina was a big fan of this one and recommended it to me. So uh, we will, uh, we have this in our collection. I haven't read it yet, but I plan to. Mm-hmm. In his latest graphic novel, New York Times bestselling author Gene Yoon Lang turns the spotlight on his life, his family, and the high school where he teaches. So there you go. Is that the last one? Yes. Okay. You can find more at theharveyawards.com. And maybe next year, Eric and I will have our vote counted. Uh, and speaking of <laughs> speaking of votes, we're going to be talking a little bit about voting in 2020 a little bit later in this episode. Right now, though, Eric, what's on the New York Times bestseller list? Whoa! Number 10, A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. While others expect dark sorcerers to cause damage, she has other plans. Uh, I'm thinking the young adult series that won the Nebula. Yeah, like Spinning Silver or whatever. Was that her? Uh, that Was that the sequel? I Shows you what I know. I don't know anything. Uh, un- uprooted. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Uprooted, the 2015, which yeah, won the yeah. Nebula. Right. Uh, young adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, Spinning Silver was the sequel. Okay. Look at that! 
Way to go, Nick. I, I just pulled that right out. Yeah. Number nine, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. The lives of twin sisters who run away from a southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns and the other takes on a different racial identity, but their fates intertwine. Top of my stack. I've got this as soon as I'm done with Halloween books. That is my next pick. So your November read. Yeah. All right. Number eight, Anxious People by Frederick Beckman. A uh, failed bank robber holds a group of strangers hostage at an apartment open house. Huh. Yeah. You know, it does make sense because hopefully, hopefully there's at least some uh, finger foods available. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, we, we're going to be held up here for a while, but we've got a lot of cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try so, the pigs crackers. in the blanket, though. They're delicious. Mm. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Vince Flynn, Total Power by Kyle Mills. When America's mm. power grid is shut down, Mitch Rapp goes after a cyber terrorist. Okay. To turn on America's power grid. Turn it back on, baby. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of pseudo-silence in this. Speaking of Power Grid, what about Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro in Spider-Man 3? I can't even wrap my head around this stuff anymore. I I look at the plans for future Spider-Man stuff, and I'm just like, I don't don't know. Also, though, what's a movie anymore? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I wish I could tell you. It's amazing they keep casting and announcing movies in this time. And I'm like, why don't you just put out the movies you have done? Seriously. (laughs) Worry about that. My kingdom to watch Wonder Woman 1984. I'll tell you what. It's 1986. No, it is 1984 because of the book. I was born uh, 1986. Oh, you were? That's the difference. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. You're getting old. All right. You're getting I, up there. I'm only 34. Mm. 34 years. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, next year, next year you'll be halfway to 70. That's fun. That's something to look forward to, right? Sure. That's sure the halfway is. point. I, I'm not going to make it to 70. I'll be lucky if I get to 60. Dark. Save it for the Halloween episode. Gal. Was that number one? Uh, Did we get to number one? No, that was number seven. I can't keep track. Number seven. Number six, The Coast to Coast Murders by James Patterson and J.D. Barker. Oh, I thought you were going to say J.D. Robb. That would have been a real powerhouse coupling there. Yeah. James Patterson doesn't need that money. No, he doesn't. Uh, Detective and an FBI agent are baffled by cross-country killing spree. Hmm. Baffled. Uh, The Book of Two Ways by Jodi Picoult. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Jodi Picoult? She is not oh, wow. a she's not an every year publisher, so it's not no it's yeah. not for not for lack of of sales. She just hasn't yeah. in a few years. After surviving a plane crash, a death doula travels to Egypt to recount, uh, no, to reconnect with an old flame who is an archaeologist. Oh wow, a lot there. Yeah. So what's a death doula? What's a death doula? Now do I you, gotta know. Do you think that like in my Star Trek book, they're gonna fall through a window and become soft shell crabs, or do you think that's unrelated? Yeah, I do think that. You do? Oh. Well, maybe I I'll read Jody it. I think Jodie a big Star Trek fan. I'll give what is a shot. death doula? Hmm. A death doula is a non-medical person trained to care for someone uh, holistically oh. at the end of life. Okay. Death doulas are also known around the world as end-of-life coaches, soul midwives, transition guides, death coaches, doula to the dying, end-of-life doulas, death midwives, and end-of-life guides. Listen, there were a lot of good options in there. Death doula is not a good one. Mm-mm. choose well, one of the ones so, with the more positive spin is all i'm saying choose one of the more positive so this ones. book is about a death doula okay. surviving a plane crash and then traveling to egypt to meet an old flame who's an archaeologist so there's just a lot going on and then she and james t kirk turned into soft shell crabs and then there's soft shell crabs okay yeah during a sea seafood fest oh so they're 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 in danger that's some real danger stay away from hot butter am i right mm, yeah oh okay. boy I could just go for a big now old you're tub hungry? of hot butter yeah, that's right on now. Me. That's on me. 
Violet Bent Backwards Over the Grass by Lana Del Rey, a collection of poems by the singer and songwriter. Okay. Guess what I'm going to pass up? (laughs) I like one Lana Del Rey song. It's Summertime Sadness, and it's just about being sad during summertime. And that's it. That seems like exactly a song you would like. Oh, please. You've never had Summertime Sadness? Oh, sure I have. I just don't seek out playlists to make it worse. Like someone... I didn't seek out a playlist. I just really, like that. You don't have a like sad playlist song. that you listen to in the summer when you're feeling sad. No. Liar. I guess not. Okay. All right, I'm going to make one. Yeah. All right. It's going to be that. It's probably going to have a couple 90s songs on it. Definitely 90s songs. Uh, number three, The Evening in the Morning by Ken Follett. Well, which is it? Uh, this is the prequel to Pillars of Earth. Oh, jeez. A boat builder, a Norman oh noblewoman, and a monk living in England uh, live in England under attack by the Welsh and the Vikings. So you spend a thousand pages learning how they build a cathedral. Now you're going to spend a thousand pages learning about how they built the hammers that built the cathedral. Listen, I don't hate that description. Maybe that was just a bad book. Maybe I should give uh, this prequel a try. I I would be all for it. I would love to hear what you think of this prequel. <laughs> I would love number that. two. Okay, Battleground, Jim Butcher. The 17th book in the Dresden Files series. Harry must save Chicago from destruction by the last Titan. Here's something else that I feel like maybe I should... Maybe this Halloween I'll go back and read the first book. Okay, yeah. And wasn't he done with uh, Dresden? Didn't it seem like he was done for a while? It did, it did, because he was doing those, like, Sky Pirate books or something, whatever those were called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sky Pirates, the books. To take it back to, to The Wizard of Oz... L. Frank Baum did the same kind of thing. He wrote a bunch of Wizard of Oz books, and he was like, I don't want to do that anymore. So he writes, yeah. like, Trot and Captain Bill, and everybody's like, yeah, that sucks. More Oz. So maybe yeah. a similar like thing how, uh, happened with Dresden here. Like how DC Comics seemed to have <laughs> some kind of artistic integrity for a little bit, and then they did a sequel to Watchmen. Save it for comic book coffee break. Don't bore the night. <laughs> number people. one! Number one! Number one! Number debuting one. at number one. Debuting New this week one. is The Return by Nicholas Sparks. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. A doctor yeah. serving in the Navy in yes. Afghanistan goes back to North Carolina yeah. where two women change his life. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So who's going to die? Let me ask you this. Is he a widower? Does one of those women's husband so. die? Yeah. Somebody's got to die is all I'm saying. We did, a whole, Maybe it's a, yeah. we did a whole episode on Nicholas Sparks called Sparks Fly. Uh, we were joined by Kendra from 902 and Here We Go. I read Knights of Rodante. I weirdly liked it. I'm not yeah. going to read the return. Yeah. Couple of widowers hooking up in a yeah. beachfront. Yeah. Uh, Timeshare. Yes. Why not? <laughs> Just Airbnb with a widower and fall in love. Someone, listen, I know why. Listen, someone did die in that book, though, for being honest. There was a mm-hmm. very tragic death in Knights of Redante, and I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. it, there is death involved. I'm 50 something. You're 50 something. We both got the huts for each other. Yeah. I'm going to go set the fireplace. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, they're going to be drinking wine. There's going to be a lot of chunky sweaters. I I bought these soft-shell crabs that keep screaming about needing to be beamed yep. up. Yep. They did have to come back in there. The problem is... We're going to get eaten by Richard Gere. We I, don't. Get out of here. I don't know how to transition from this into talking about voting yep. is the problem that I'm finding myself in right now. Do you have a transition? Under the sea. Under the sea. Okay. All right, so no on yeah. the transition into voting. You don't have <laughs> you don't have any natural way to get us there. Okay. I'm just doing Sebastian the Crab as uh, James T. Kirk. No, I now. get what you're doing. I just wondered if there was an yeah. end game. All right, yeah. so this is going to be a transition right. that's just a non sequitur. Well, it's voting season. 
Do <laughs> <laughs> you like it? Go on, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, last week I sat down with some election officials here in Allegheny County, the Republican and the Democrat commissioner uh, overseeing the elections in our county, and I peppered them with a million questions about. All, all, everything that's circulating right now where, where you're curious about how voting works, early voting, absentee ballots, election security, all that stuff. Uh, I sat down with him and I asked him all of those questions. We've actually released this ahead of the episode that you're listening to right now just because we wanted to get it out there right away so people would have plenty mm-hmm. of time before things start uh, things what? start happening. So go and find that. It's an off-the-books episode called uh, The All the Votes Show. So you can find that at soundcloud.com slash allthebooks. Uh, it's also going to be airing on some radio stations around town. So we'll let you know when that comes up. So the segment uh, is already elsewhere. So it's, it's already out there. So just uh, in brief summary, let me give you just a little bit of information here about uh, voting. First of all, if you're a resident of Allegheny County, Uh, Early voting is going to start on October 24th. So I'm going to quickly run through the times here. It's a lot of information, so we'll post this as well. Um, For early voting, you can just show up and vote as you would on the machine. You don't need an appointment. You don't need any sort of special. Everybody can do that. Early voting for Allegheny County is going to be October 24th and 25th from 9 to 2. Monday, October 26th from 8.30 to 8 p.m. So nice long day there. Tuesday, October 27th, 8 to 4. Wednesday, October 28th, 8.30 to 8 Thursday, October 29th, 8 to 4. Friday, October 30th, 8 to 4. Uh, Saturday, the 31st, which is Halloween. And Sunday, November 1st, 9 to 2. If you want information, you can contact the Board of Elections directly at 585-268-9294 or 585-268-9295. They're located at 8 Willits Avenue, Belmont, New York. Uh, that's right on Route 19 if you're local. If you're not local and you're curious about... Uh, how to vote, where to vote, all of that in your area, I'd recommend rockthevote.org. You can find a lot of information there. Uh, If you can't, if you need help, uh, even if you're not local, even if you're not in Allegheny County or coming into the David A. Howe Public Library, please feel free to send me your questions. You can put them right on Twitter at All the Book Show. Uh, You can send it to us on Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library. You can email us at wellsville at stls.org. That stands for Southern Tier Library System. So wellsville at stls.org. Send me your questions. I will find the answers uh, wherever you are in the United States. I'll find your, your local answers to this. So please send me your questions and I'll give them to you there. Eric, how are you planning on voting this year? I don't mean who you're early. voting for. I mean, like, what's your voting plan? Right. Uh, my plan is to vote early. Okay. And uh, try how, to beat the crowds. Yeah. How does that work in, in your person. area? Uh, it starts October 15th. Okay. All right. And what... Uh, uh, in North Carolina, it starts at October 15th. Okay. Now, that's exactly what I would do. And that, that would be my personal recommendation uh, to people looking to looking at how to vote locally in Allegheny County or wherever you are. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your state, your county offers early voting, I really think that's the best way. Um, I've been an election inspector in Allegheny County for about 10 years now. And, you know, usually where we are, there aren't huge lines. Um, some of the more busy polling places, you do find some lines there. So, And I think you're going to want to be prepared for lines, even in places where there aren't usually in this year. Um, it's going to be slower because of the COVID-19 precautions that we're having to take. Uh, so if you have the yeah. option, if you're able to go in for early voting, that really is the best option. That's what I would do if I wasn't going to be working the election that day. So, mm-hmm. um, Also, yes. like the DMV... It's nice to go when there's not a lot of crowds because people just you don't have to listen to people talk. That's true. That's that is so. absolutely true. Yeah. 
So anyway, the number again for the Allegheny County Board of Elections, there's a separate number for the Republican commissioner or the Democrat commissioner. Uh, Both can answer any of your questions. So the two numbers are 585-268-9294 or 585-268-9295. And again, check out our special, uh, the All the Votes Show episode, which is already in the feed. uh, And we'll be sharing that on Facebook and everything as well. But whatever you do, please, please vote. That's my plea to you. As a friend, please please vote uh, wherever you are. And and I'm serious. If if you have questions on how it works in your area, send them to me, and I will figure it out, and I'll help you through it. I think that's pretty much all we've got to cover in this week's episode, Eric. Anything else you want to add before we close up shop? Well, you yeah. think about it. You think about it. Anyway, all you right. can join us next week when uh, for our uh, what is this Halloween now five? Yeah, I guess it would be where the Queen of Halloween six. six? Okay. Where the Queen of Halloween and the director of the Fred and Harriet Taylor Memorial Library up in Hammondsport, Sally Jacoby Murphy, will be our guest. We'll be talking all things Stephen King's Christine. Uh, Eric, take us out with a happy Halloween ending, would you please? Happy Halloween! What a what a beautiful happy ending Halloween! to this episode. <laughs> all right. What? <laughs>